No theme song for this episode of Guys on the Go, but I want to make sure we get to our bracket picks as soon as possible. I know that's why you're tuning in. I know that's why you're listening. You want to win your office pool and everything else. But before we get there, I want to make sure to give a shout out to Godzilla Media. It is official. GodzillaMedia.com. Go to the website. Check it out. The store is now open for you. Thanks to Graftex. Graftex, our pals out in Cortland, Derek Allen and company are helping you get that apparel that you need. If you've seen the web store over the last 24 hours, it's open for the next three weeks. Whether you're a young business that's just starting up, maybe you're a kickball team, a softball team, a sports fan just looking to start your own brand, or maybe a high school or college team that wants to upgrade for new uniforms and everything else, Graftex can help you. Check them out on Instagram, GraftexINC, or give them a call today at 800 417 7794. Again, 800 800- 417-7794 or go to their website graph-text.com I couldn't have done it without them they did a fantastic job setting up the web store love the partnership we now have for Graphtex. also one special shout out to the artist that I used Don't Know Squatch on Instagram make sure to check him out Don't Know Squatch on social media Instagram and more and there you go. And by the way, make sure you're listening, especially close to this week's episode. About halfway through this episode, we tell you about the March Madness giveaway going on. Your chance to win free gear Thursday, Friday, Saturday, all more coming up on this episode. So make sure you're listening about halfway through. We'll give you all the details. We won't make you till the end. Halfway through. All right, now let's awkwardly transition into this episode without any theme music. Guys on the go. March Madness Preview Bracket 2021. Let's get into it. Guys on the go. You're looking for bracket knowledge. You're looking to win your office pool and everything else. We are joined by CBB Central Sports Illustrated's own Kevin Sweeney. How about that? It feels so long ago that you were an intern for me, and now you're with SI, you're Northwestern, you're probably broadcasting right now from the Michael Wilbon urinal. Thank you for spending some time today with us. Well, thanks for having me, guys. And, uh, you know, you, you took a chance on a, a little intern from uh, from Albany, and they'll always be appreciative. So uh, let's uh, let's hop into it. Lots to, lots to say. Uh, hanging out in, out in the uh, college apartment, back from a Thrilling week in Indianapolis, and we'll see if we uh, have another thrilling week to come at the Final Four. But Yes, make sure to check him out online, cbbcentral.com. Follow him on Twitter as well. As much as it would be fun to watch Kevin's um, situation there in my weird arm hair with the LeBron James high school jersey on St. Patrick's Day, let's get to the actual bracket talk. And let's start with you. You eat, sleep, and breathe college basketball. You've got four tips Take us through these. Your four tips when you're filling out a bracket. Yeah, I mean, and first off, there is always going to be a one or a two that loses in in opening weekend. Like it's just inevitable. So you got to find one of those that 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 you're going to take. And and again, you know, you essentially, and I think a lot of people have this feeling like you're just you're rolling through and you're like, all right, this is too chalky. If you get that feeling, it is too chalky. Like like throwing an upset here. And you know whether that's a, a one, a, an eight over a one, a seven over a two, one of these things is going to happen. So, so find one and take it. Also, uh, twelve five upsets are boring. Everyone says you got to take one. You do have to take one. But you also should find a thirteen four or even maybe a fourteen three. You know there will be some craziness. There always is. You know I I, I would be stunned if the sixteen through thirteen lines go zero and sixteen in March Madness. That doesn't doesn't feel likely. So there's going to be one of them. Take one. Have some fun with it. Uh, pick a seven seed or worse to make the elite eight. Uh, there's been a seven seed uh, that or worse that has made the elite eight in six of the last seven final fours. So, so, so 
you know, you might as well say, you might as well at least roll the dice to the Elite, to the elite Eight, excuse me. Uh, and, and then finally, you know, you, you want to ride with some of the teams that are playing their best basketball right now. I think uh, a lot of people, you know, don't realize just like, there's like 20 teams that are really, really good. And there's a bunch of other teams in college basketball that are entirely based on like how confident they are and how together they are. And there are some teams out there right now that are playing really confident, really together. You know, a team like Georgetown that just went, ran, ran through the Big East tournament. And some teams out there that are really stumbling into March. And, you know, ride those teams that are, are playing their best basketball and, you know, fade the ones who are, who are not come, come this time of year. That one advice, number three, pick a seven seed or worse to make the Elite Eight. That is, I've got a dog in this fight and you're taking me to the promised land. We're talking if you had Steph Curry and Davidson, if you had South Carolina, like there are teams in the past, VCU, George Mason, probably way off because those are all time Cinderella's. But you know what we're talking about here that, look, those are matchups that can win you. You don't want to finish in seventh in the office pool. You don't want to finish in 11th. You go big or you go home. And I love that attitude for Mr. Kevin Sweeney, CBB Central Zone. So let's get into the brackets. We're going to start with the West. Top left, if you have your bracket in front of you, top left of your brackets, the West region. Let's start with the best team, the undefeated team, Gonzaga. So many times in the past, you may have had Gonzaga in your bracket, and they were known as choking, going down way too soon. That's changed a little bit since they reached that national championship game and lost to North Carolina a few years ago. But tell us, how good is this Gonzaga team, especially in comparison to past Bulldog squads? I've said this a couple of times on, on different platforms, but I think Gonzaga is the best team college basketball has seen since the 38 and one Kentucky team. And it is the best Gonzaga team we've seen yet. Wow. Um, so, that, you know, again, there's a reason that 38 and one Kentucky team had a one instead of a zero. You know, they did lose college basketball is unpredictable. The NCAA tournament is unpredictable. And there are great teams out there that could challenge them. But Gonzaga has passed every test so far this season, and the bracket opens up really well for them. You know, you talk about a four seed in Virginia who they already beat and has struggled with COVID issues, and they have a tough road just to get to 316. You know, they already beat Kansas, who's the three seed. They already beat Iowa, who's the two seed. I mean, and they, they won all three of those games relatively comfortably. So the path is really, really clear for Gonzaga to get to the Final Four. Uh, you know, I think anything less than a national championship will feel like a disappointment for this team because every all the, all the stars have aligned. They have the combination of the elite freshman Jalen Suggs, the you know another uh, a senior in Corey Kispert who has improved every year and will now be an NBA first round draft pick, and then Drew Timmy up front who is the kind of dominant steadying force in, in, in the middle and on the interior uh, that can win you games when you're not making outside shots. So. Uh, they, they have three All-Americans for a reason, a fourth in Jolie Ayi, I think, who could be in that conversation as well. And, and they're about the best team in college basketball. Yes, and to add to that, Gonzaga, those teams of the past were very dependent on one player. Dan Dickow, Adam Morrison, Roni Turioff, Rui Hachimura. Like, there were stars on those Gonzaga teams that you could argue maybe at the end, that's what cost the Zaga team. They got too comfortable relying on one guy. This team, as you've mentioned, balanced across the board. That's the difference with this Gonzaga team. Let's look at that five and four matchup there. Creighton versus UC Santa Barbara and Virginia versus Ohio. Kevin, I will fully tell you, back in the day, I used to love taking the Big West team because nobody saw them ever play on the East Coast, and you're usually playing in the East Coast bracket. There was a team called UC Irvine a few years ago with Mamadou Njai, who is seven foot six. And I wanted the Anteaters, I believe they were called, to yes, take, sir. yeah, right, to take down an upset. It didn't happen. I don't want to bite on this, even though Creighton looks so bad in the Big East tournament. They couldn't score. They've had some issues with their coach 
McDermott and some racial things that went on here. I don't know what the chemistry is like with the coach and the players. Virginia, as when we were taping this, was dealing with COVID issues. They're allegedly going to get to that Friday game on Thursday. What do you see in this 5-4 matchup? Do you think one of those two teams might be vulnerable for an upset? Yeah, I think both of them are. I'm picking Ohio to beat Virginia. I think even before, even before the COVID issue for Virginia, which is concerning in its own, and you don't know how practiced they'll be, how conditioned they are, who's going to be available. The other thing is Virginia is not a traditional Tony Bennett defense this year. They're like 33rd in Ken Palm defensive efficiency. They've like been top five the last five years. Like the, this is not quite the same level of defense that we've seen from Virginia in the past. And one area they've been particularly vulnerable is against teams that can space you out and put you in ball screens. Um, that's what San Francisco did when they upset them early in the season. That's what Kent State did, another mid-major, who pushed them and took them to overtime. Well, I got news for you. Ohio, with Jason Preston, their star point guard, who is one of the best stories in college basketball generally, they are pick-and-roll heavy as anyone in the country. They put they, they, they are constantly in ball screens. They space it out with shooters, and they let Preston operate. And I think that's going to be a difficult matchup for Virginia's defense. So I like Ohio here to win this game. And, and again, depending on what happens with, with Creighton UCSB, which I see is you know, a, a real toss-up. I think UCSB probably not battle-tested enough. They haven't played a high-major team all year. I think Creighton will win it. But, you know, whoever wins that game, I mean, Ohio has a chance to make a run here if they can get past Virginia because either Creighton or UCSB would be a beatable you know, a beatable team with a spot in the Sweet 16 on the line. See, that Creighton-UC Santa Barbara game, stay away from I, Right when the bracket came out, I loved it. And the more and more this week has developed, I've backed off and went back to Clayton. I thought I could bait it into it. The Virginia tick you had is very strong. But Tony Bennett in that defense, if they lock down Ohio for the first 10 minutes, that could be over fast. Almost like a puncher that knocks someone early. They weren't ready for that. Here's what I like in this region. And when you're listening to this, there's a chance this matchup doesn't even happen. If you watch those first four games, almost every year, Kevin, I might be wrong about this. I believe it's like eight of nine. A team has advanced to the round of 32. And in some cases, almost over 50% of the time, a team has advanced to the second weekend, the Sweet 16. I believe if Drake can get by Wichita State, USC is vulnerable there in a bad Pac-12. And what I love about these play-in games, so many people in office pools don't pick it because they don't know who they're actually picking. And although it's only one point on most brackets, that might be the difference when you get to those final games. I like Drake over USC and then the Iowa team at the bottom. Garza is really good. It feels as if there's so much chaos a little bit above them that Iowa might just slide to the Elite Eight. It's going to be interesting. First, First on the Drake point, like Drake is one of the best stories in college basketball. You know, this, this is not a program that wins quite frankly, ever. And Darren DeVries done an incredible job. They've, they lost their starting point guard and their leading scorer, both to injuries in February. They still hung on, got the at-large bid. Now their leading scorer, Tank Hemphill, will be back. So that's huge in, in a game against Wichita State and then a game against USC. You know, the, the, the battle to watch against USC would be, you know, Darnell Brody, uh, who is a 6'10", 275-pound mammoth who should probably be playing defensive end somewhere. Uh, <laughs> you know, he's the starting center for Drake. USC's got Evan Mobley, the seven-footer who runs like a gazelle and can make threes and block shots, can be a top-five pick. That match would be really interesting uh, to watch. But, yeah, the region could, 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 could open up. I like Iowa a lot, but quite frankly, I don't hate the idea of, of buying into Oregon stock and seeing if Oregon could beat Iowa. Oregon has one of the best players in the country in Chris Duarte, you know, a terrific guard who can score. And Dana Altman's teams have done this before when they're you know lower seeded. They've struggled throughout the regular season. They click at the right time. I think Oregon is clicking at the right time. They were, you know, they dealt with COVID issues, they dealt with injuries throughout the early part of the season. They were on the bubble. They played themselves up to a seven seed. 
this is not a type, not the type of team I would want to see uh, in my region. So I, I think Oregon could make a push. I actually have Oregon making it to the to the Elite Eight. It's a bit of a hot take. But I, I kinda... Hey, there's that seven plus. The, yes, what, do you think is Dylan Brooks coming back? Is Dylan Brooks going to play for the Ducks all of a sudden? Look out! I'll tell you when you, you, you everyone will know the name Chris Duarte by the second weekend. It's, um, okay. it's the if they pull this upset, he's incredible. Let's move to the bottom left portion of your bracket. This is the East region. For some of you, this is the most important region when filling out your brackets. I've called this from the moment of selection Sunday. I'm calling this the money region. And what I mean by that is that if you're going to win, this is the region to get right. Now, with that being said, it's a very difficult region. I feel like five teams out of this region can get to the Final Four. And I might be lowballing it in comparison to what you have, Kevin. Let's start at the top. And I don't have the cojones like you do. I've shriveled in my old age. You being a young reporter, you've got the stones. I wanted to take St. Bonaventure over Michigan in the round of 32. I think the Bonnies actually have a tougher matchup with LSU than Michigan. I saw your bracket on SI. The last update I saw, you did it. You took St. Bonaventure over Michigan, and that could be a deciding factor. Take us through why we both love the Bonnies, because I believe my reason is the same for you. Right. So, so, so you call this the money region. I'll call it the chaos region, just because you know, <laughs> you've got the most vulnerable one seed. You've got a tough matchup down, you know, later in the bracket that we mentioned with UConn potentially. You know, there's so much that can happen with Michigan without Isaiah Livers. They're vulnerable. You know, and, and, and I think St. Bonaventure. It's a tough first round matchup against LSU. I honestly think either LSU or Bonaventure could win that game against Michigan. But I think St. Bonaventure is, you know, uniquely equipped to deal with Michigan because they're big man Oshun Oshuni. And he's six foot eleven. He has a massive wingspan, and he can slow down Hunter Dickinson, the star big for Michigan. This this might be a game of whoever gets in foul trouble first. You know, if if, if Oshuni can stay on the floor and get Dickinson in foul trouble, slow him down, then I think the Bonnies have a great chance to win this game. But if Dickinson can get two fouls early on Oshuni. You know, that could be trouble for the Bonnies because, uh, you know, St. Bonaventure does not use its bench. St. Bonaventure has used, you know, fewer bench minutes than any team in college basketball, and it's not even close. Like, they, they use their bench for 10% of their minutes. The next closest is 16%. Like, they, they, they just they're, – they're starting five. They're starting five. They roll them out and they play. And, uh, you know, in a game, like, game against Michigan, it'll be a battle. But I think St. Bonaventure is a real shot to win that game. I, 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 I've compared the St. Bonaventure team to the Dayton team in um, – I think like 2013, 2014, that beat Syracuse in the second round and went to the Elite Eight. I think it's a very similar team, incredibly well coached, experienced, and with a you know a plausible path. You know, playing one high major team in LSU that's more talented. Dayton had to beat Ohio State. Then they played a Syracuse team. Syracuse was undefeated for a while, then fell off a little down the stretch. Michigan started very strong, starting to fall off here down the stretch. I think the comparison is very strong. And by the way, to give you credit, I believe that was 2014. Didn't you have Dayton in your Elite Eight that, that year? That is my favorite. That is my favorite bracket. It's my two favorite bracket picks of all time was Dayton to the Elite Eight that year. And my my second favorite one was I picked correctly that uh, Steve F. Austin as a 14 seed would beat West Virginia as a three seed with Thomas Walkup. Those are my two favorite all time. Hey, so there you go. If, you, if you're comparing this Bonnie's team to Dayton, there might be some there. And if you've got the stones to do it, unlike me that backed off, take the Bonnie's, baby. Now, of course, a lot of us know in New York, you can't bet on the Bonnie's, unfortunately. So a lot of people are disappointed you can't roll with the Bonnie's there. Speaking about like the wagering side of this, this game in particular, the 5-12 matchup is driving me insane. I know Colorado is better than Georgetown. Georgetown was below 500 going into the Big East tournament. 
Patrick Ewing, the great story, the garden and everything else. Last look, it was a five-point line. That is the number that has jumped out to me the most of any matchup in the round of 64. Something doesn't make sense about that line. Plus Florida State. I don't know if you caught this, Kevin, but a few weeks ago, Florida State was my favorite play at 25-1 to to win the national championship because I thought they matched up well with Gonzaga. They're now at 47-1, to which I don't like anymore because somebody in Vegas or Atlantic City knows something about the Seminoles team that has sent them kaplunk down the future ratings. Uh, these teams, Colorado, Florida State, again, these upsets potential. What do you see in these two matchups? I think Florida State matches up really well with UNC Greensboro in the first round. I don't think there will be any issues for, for them in their first round game. And because, as I've said, there could be some chaos here, you know, there's a path for Florida State to get the Elite Eight or even potentially the Final Four. You know, the Colorado-Georgetown game is fascinating. I think the one thing that I'll note here, Colorado is an incredibly different team when they're not playing at altitude in Boulder. You know, they are just different. Uh, and, and, and they're, they're, they're probably, they're, they're like a bubble team away from home and they're, you know, top four seed when they're at home. So, you know, they, they get the five seed. They're playing a Georgetown team that is playing with house money. That's playing with a ton of confidence. I like Georgetown personally in this game, but it, it, it is truly a toss up. And, you know, I, I love, you know, Colorado's point guard McKinley, Wright. He's another guy where if Colorado makes a run. People will know the name McKinley, Wright. I like Georgetown as well. By the way, that Sweet 16 matchup that could be on the way, Texas versus Alabama, that is the most 50-50 matchup I've seen deep on brackets, that if you have Texas, you may have Texas in your Final Four. If you have Alabama, you may have Alabama in your Final Four. We'll do our Final Four picks in a little bit, but those picks in particular, we'll break down that matchup a little bit later because it's very important of who actually takes that spot. Now, Kevin, I'm going to give you about a one-minute break here. Go get some water, do whichever you want. Just indulge me for a second here because a lot of people might be here for this, and that is the Godzilla Media March Madness giveaway. So if you're listening to this on the audio side, you've got a chance to win. And of course, if you're watching the YouTube side, you're getting a head start here because you can just read the rules. We're almost there. It's almost the opportunity to find out how you can win some free gear of Godzilla Media. But before we get there, shout out to my guy, Alex Bodenzeek at EVB Texas. I'm done. My taxes are set. Alex and I have been working on them. I'm like, do I need more? Do you need? No, we're good. Really? I'm seeing my return and everything else coming through. Thanks to Alex Bodenzeek at AVP Taxes. He made the process so simple for me. A young business owner, and maybe if not even a business owner, maybe just somebody that just doesn't know exactly what you need to do when you're going through the process. Don't delay it. Find yourself somebody like Alex Bodenzeek. Well, you can. You can actually call him at AVP Taxes as soon as today at 518 518- Four zero 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 two eight two five one eight four zero 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 two eight two. I know you're going to start delaying the process. So many people do. You find yourself at the end overwhelmed by the paperwork. You're trying to figure out exactly what to do. You think uh, maybe I can just work with this person. Maybe I'll just Google this. Don't do that. Now you've got somebody on your side. Now you've got a teammate you want to work with. Alex Bodenzik. He did it for me. He can do the same for you. That home field advantage, making it quick. Painless, easy, professional as well to work with. Stresses to a minimum and your taxes to a minimum too. All the advice, services, documentation, absolutely confidential. And for free online consultation or just talk to Alex and be consulted for all the things you need for the future. 518-400-0282. 518-400-0282. Tell me you heard about it on Getting There with Gaz and Gaz on the Go and he'll help you with your taxes. Now, Let's find out more about the contest going on. We're doing a giveaway for three days. So Thursday, Friday, and Saturday. 
three winners on our audio side, three winners on our visual side. Here's what you have to do. YouTube, here's what we're doing. If you're watching this video right now, just go to the bottom and leave a comment and become a new subscriber. So just become a subscriber, a new one. If you're already a subscriber, grab your mom, your dad, your girlfriend, your wife's phone, say, hey, I got to subscribe to the channel, getting there with Gaz. Once you're a new subscriber, leave a comment, boom, you're the winner. On the audio sign, we're doing just Apple. So Spotify people, if you're listening on Spotify, we love you. I love Spotify. Head over to YouTube. But if you're listening on Apple, leave a rating and review and email me, gaz at gazzillamedia.com and say, hey, guys, uh, my username is deathslayer69. I left you a comment on Thursday. Just want to make sure I'm in the pool. So whatever comments I see come in first on Thursday, Friday and Saturday on Apple, again, please give us five stars if you can. And if I see your username pop up, you win a t-shirt. YouTube, every time, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, the first comment, you win a t-shirt. Now I already know what somebody's thinking. I've done enough contests in my day, so I already know what's going on in some of your minds. All right, I got the idea. Here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to leave the comment at 12.01. I'm going to subscribe right now, and then on Friday at 12.01, on Friday or Saturday, I'll leave the comment to be first. And like Mills Lane and Celebrity Deathmatch, I'll allow it. I've seen our late night numbers here in March. I don't know if it's Jesse McWilliam or something else. I've seen our numbers between 10 p.m. and 4 a.m. What is up with you guys in March and Gaza after dark? I'm okay with it. If you want to be smart and leave the comments like that, I'm totally fine with it. I didn't want to do one of these uh, retweet for the prize or follow. No, no, no. Just classic First comment, first winner. Leave a comment on YouTube. Three. Again, Thursday, Friday, and Saturday. YouTube sign. Just look at the bottom. Maybe somebody already beat you. If not, listen at night and leave it. And they get on the Apple side. Gaz at GazillaMedia.com. Just leave me an email so I can get your information and know it's actually you when you sign in with whatever name. If it's Kevin Sweeney 1, again, Death Slayer 69, Gaz is the man 44, whatever it is, so I know it's you. There you go. By the way, I'm giving away those 100% polyesters thanks to Graftex. Highly recommend those. The Godzilla Media gift store is now open. Check it out. It's only going to be open for March Madness, so just three weeks. Get your gear now. And again, 100% polyester. That is the go-to. The workout shirt, if you're working out right now on the treadmill, the podcast is in your ear. Get that shirt. All right, let's move on. Continue with the bracket picks now. Let's go to the south here, Kevin. Top right of your bracket, although ESPN and other spots have moved this around a little bit. I think the selection show actually had this different. The South has Baylor. Baylor, really good. The Big 12 is good. But it feels as if they're not getting the type of love Gonzaga is. Is Baylor almost underrated going into this tournament? It's challenging because I think up until February 1st or so, Baylor was as good as Gonzaga. Like They were, they were right on the same level, and they were playing, you know, really high level basketball. And the Baylor had a three week COVID shutdown. They came out of it. They struggled with Iowa state. They lost to Kansas. And since they played much better, you know, they beat, you know, a very good West Virginia team on the road. Um, but then they did lose against, you know, what, uh, excuse me, Oklahoma state, you know, in the conference tournament. So they haven't quite played at the level that they were playing at earlier in the season since that COVID pause. So I think that has taken a little bit of steam out, but this is still an elite team with terrific guards who can make shots. Jared Butler is one of the best players in the country. Uh, and, and you add in the fact that, you know, Scott Drew it, it, it is just a terrific coach and has put, put these guys in position to be really good. Now, I think the concerning thing for Baylor is you're facing a potential second round matchup with North Carolina 
who is one of the best offensive rebounding teams in the country. Baylor is not a very good defensive rebounding team. So there might be some issues there, you know, for Baylor dealing with the size on the interior for Carolina. But at the same time, like I, I think Baylor is going to get to the Elite Eight. It's just a question of, you know, can they can they finish the job, get to a Final Four, and potentially set up that, that matchup with Gonzaga we all wanted to see. You know, these teams were supposed to play in early December. It was canceled morning of because of a COVID case uh, in, in the Gonzaga program. You know, we've been wanting to see that game ever since. Can we finally get in the national championship game? The door is open for that. Think about this. In the last 30 years, eight of these schools, there's only 16 in the bracket, Eight of the 16 in this region have played for a national championship. That's the star power with the names in the South region. You know, look, Carolina's there. Some may look at the Tar Heels and say, maybe that's a team. We've mentioned these seven pluses that can pull off an upset with Baylor. I don't see it yet. Again, we're going to focus on these five fours. Villanova, it's Jay Wright. It's two national championships within the last, what, seven years. But people want to take the Wildcats go down. Purdue and North Texas. I've seen a little bit of love with that. The battles of the Aggies and the Red Raiders. And of course, the sexy Colgate pick in New York. Kevin, I don't see a lot of upsets in this one. Can you convince me on the Winthrop thing? Because I just don't buy it. So I, I, I'm getting more concerned about the Winthrop thing the more people saying it's going to happen. You know, like, <laughs> it, it, it doesn't feel good. Like I, I need my upset fix to be like a little fringe. And then it's not fringe, it's fully mainstream. Uh, but no, I mean, the, the, the selling point is that for Villanova is not Villanova without Colin Gillespie. And that without Colin Gillespie, uh, star point guard is out for the year with a knee injury. You know, this is probably like a nine seed level Villanova team. Um, like that, that's the bottom line. Um, so, so look, can Winthrop win this game? They absolutely can. They're deep. Uh, they're athletic. Their point guard, Chandler Vaudrin, is one of the most entertaining players to watch the country. Kind of like kind of Ben Simmonsy. He's six seven. He runs the point. He averages like twelve points, seven rebounds, and seven assists a game. You know, it, it's an interesting matchup for Villanova. The the big question in this game will Winthrop be able to force turnovers? So important what they do. Villanova traditionally very good at taking care of the ball, but without Gillespie, will they be vulnerable there? That will decide this game. I'm taking Winthrop, but I don't feel very good about it. Yeah, and let's look. I'm sticking with Villanova until something crazy happens. The only upset I'm so tempted to take, I like Texas Tech a lot in this region to get to the Sweet 16. I like how Ohio State played in the Big Ten title game, so I, I just bumped the Buckeyes. I'm very chalky in this region. But let's sit on Colgate, Arkansas for a second. Colgate's been talked about about how they can score the basketball, and the stat was that they're the second highest scoring team in college basketball. And hearing that, and then me hearing some people saying, look, Colgate can outscore Arkansas, I'm thinking, that means they can win. If you're telling me Colgate can outscore Arkansas, that means they'll score more points than them. That means you're telling me they can win. Uh, I don't believe in Colgate as much because, yeah, that's great. You can put up a lot of points, but can you put it up against an SEC team? I mentioned on an earlier podcast that I thought Arkansas would have been a team vulnerable for an upset. I even think the Razorbacks might be overseeded a little bit. They probably should have been closer to a four. D do you see the possibility here of Colgate being the Cinderella in the round of 64? So I'll, I'll say this. Uh those that know me know that I'm a Northwestern guy uh, <laughs> and I love Northwestern football and Northwestern football, you know, made a big deal because Joey Galloway on ESPN referred to Northwestern as, you know, they got a bunch of fighting Reese Davises out there. You know, they're not very athletic. And that was why he didn't think Northwestern would beat Wisconsin. Well, Northwestern did beat Wisconsin and Northwestern made a big deal that, you know, we aren't just some fighting Reese Davises. We've got some athletes. Well, Colgate really is some fighting Reese Davises, man. Like they, they, <laughs> really do, they play really hard. They run great offense. They do not have the athletes to play in this game against Arkansas. Arkansas is, you know, very athletic, very long. Um, they they have a guy in Moses Moody. He's going to be a top fifteen pick in the NBA draft. who can really score the basketball. You know, look, 
Colgate, two years ago, was in the NCAA tournament against Tennessee as a 15 seed, and they hung in for a long time because Jordan Burns, their star point guard, made a bunch of threes. And that's the method here, you know, the same exact thing. You're playing an Arkansas team that's pretty inexperienced. Could you go out, you know, make it rain from deep, put game pressure on, and try to finish it late? I think that's conceivable. I'm taking Arkansas. I think they will be able to overwhelm Colgate athletically. But, man, this, this team can, can, can get a hot, and you don't really want to be facing a Colgate team once they start making threes. Hey, let's go to that final region, the Midwest, which, by the way, we're going east, west, south. Let's call it the north. Right? It's all in the same state. What are we doing calling it the Midwest? We're all in the same state of Indiana. Knock it off. Anyways, the Midwest, bottom right of your bracket. Uh, the fight in the line at the top seed in this bracket. Boy, there is some good stuff on the way, though, because that matchup, if you want the buzzer beater, if you want to go crazy with your friends and family members, I feel like the best game of the round of 64 is Georgia Tech versus Loyola Chicago. First of all, the committee got it wrong. Loyola Chicago could have fought for a six or a seven for the success they had. I feel like they're actually flat out better than the team that went to the final four. Talent on the inside is a little bit better. The head coach is more experienced. The starting across the board, I think, can make more plays. Alvarado for Georgia Tech, if they let him play and eat the whistle a little bit and don't call ticky-tacky fouls in the game, this matchup is great. But Georgia Tech wins the ACC as a ninth seed? Kevin, what do you think about that matchup? And could one of those teams test the top seed in the round of 32? Yeah, I mean, it, it's very frustrating um, to, to sit there and say, okay, you got Oklahoma and Missouri who've like really, really like walked into March like you know, bar- barely alive. Like they've been horrible the last month of the year. And they're playing each other to go get Gonzaga. And, and, and meanwhile, Loyola, Loyola and Georgia Tech were playing incredible basketball right now. They got to play Illinois and they got to play each other to get to Illinois. Like, why can't we divide this up? Give you know, one hot team, one you know, struggling team, make everyone's lives easier. But instead, we got a really good game, like you said, between Loyola and Georgia Tech. And uh, I've been around the Loyola program a lot. You're 100% right. They are better uh, than this Final Four team. I actually wrote a feature about them for SI. And I asked, you know, I asked Clayton Custer, who was the starting point guard on that Final Four team, who is now the director of player development, I believe, for for Loyola as a you know, young staffer. I said, you know, have you guys given any thought? Like, what, what would a matchup between these two teams let's say? Said, yeah, we were talking about it in a staff meeting, and th- this team is better. Like, this team is better. And, and Lucas Williams in there, uh, senior shooting guard, who um, was, was a freshman on that Final Four team, was a productive player for them. He said, yeah, this is, team is 100% better than, 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 the, than the Final Four team. So, look. It's all about matchups. It's all, all about a little bit of luck, too. You know, Loyola, Loyola hit three buzzer beaters in that tournament. We'll see if they can do that again. But this is a, this is a great team that forces you to take long, contested two-point jump shots. And that is a great defensive model. So I, I'm not betting against the Ramblers. I'm especially not betting against them now that Sister Jean can be in the building. Uh, <laughs> I, think they will, I think they will beat Georgia Tech and set up a, uh, a matchup that the Chicago newspapers will love, Loyola and Illinois, uh, for a spot in the species team. I'll take God in the points, Nettie matchup, but I think Sister Jean has that in her favor. Uh, Oregon State, a team that wins the Pac-12, probably shouldn't be there. If you're betting on games, the other line that's scaring the crap out of me is Liberty and Oklahoma State. I cannot believe that game. I saw it at 7.5. Oklahoma State should have swapped spots with West Virginia. Explain to me how Oklahoma State almost wins the Big 12, but actually is seated lower than West Virginia. This should have been switched. Cade Cunningham, likely the number one overall pick, but we've seen what happens with these one-and-done guys, you have the Anthony Davis and Carmelo Anthonys who go deep, but you all, and John Moran, of course, wins with Murray State more recently, but Kevin Durant and other people have struggled with what happened there. Uh, Oklahoma State, when you look at this team, is Cade Cunningham that good to potentially take the Cowboys deep? So so no one on this Oklahoma State team has played in the NCAA tournament, and that's rare because at this point, you know, 
so many teams are taking so many transfers that you're like, all right, someone on this team has to have played in the NCAA tournament. No one has. No one's really even come that close. So this will be a new challenge, and their first challenge against Liberty won't be an easy one because Liberty's incredibly well coached and they run great offense. But I think they get by that game. Um, the, the real question is, could could they go? You know, could they go to the second weekend? That Tennessee matchup will be a great one. You know, two orange schools facing off. I think you know Oklahoma State to me is the better club because they have the best player on the floor in Kate Cunningham. But you know, Rick Barnes has been around the block uh, and, and has led Tennessee. Uh, for quite, you know, and many other programs deep into NCAA tournaments. You know, Mike Boyden has done an incredible job with this team. He's never done it. So I think it's it's hard not to like Tennessee in that matchup. That said, Cade Cunningham rules the world. He will get them to the Sweet 16. I am praying it happens just because the potential to get Ayodasumu versus Cade Cunningham would just, like, make my whole year. So let, let's hope that happens. But it's a tough road, without a doubt, and, and that is where the underseating that they got, you know, the, the tough hand they got dealt by the NCAA doesn't help. If we did this a week ago, I would have told you Oklahoma State's a Final Four team. I hate the draw they have here, and as you already mentioned, if you told me two things to pick against for teams, bad free throw shooting teams I'd pick against because the games are going to be close, and if you blow it at the end, I don't want to have you as the reason you blow my bracket, An inexperienced guard play. So the guy who's actually handling the ball for you, turning it over or doing something stupid when the game matters, don't let Cade Cunningham ever not touch the ball up and down the court. Let him shoot every time. Let him be like an eighth-grade basketball player. Don't let him go a possession without touching the basketball or Oklahoma State's in trouble. Uh, I probably buried the Syracuse thing here. And the reason I didn't go to Syracuse too quick, because Kevin Sweeney, and don't forget his Twitter is at CBB underscore central, is a big fat Syracuse hater. He hates Syracuse. He hates you if you like him. Again, at CBB underscore central. I just say that because I saw your bracket and you love San Diego State. This Aztec team you think can actually go pretty far. Yeah, I do. I think. First off, it's a difficult matchup for Syracuse because San Diego State is incredibly well-schooled defensively. And on offense, they have a couple of really good shooters and a guy who can play out of the high post in Matt Mitchell, who's six foot six, 240, you know, kind of burly forward. He likes to pass and, you know, shoot the ball. I don't think that's a good matchup against the two, three for Syracuse. That said, the Orange have been, you know, playing hot. Once they started playing with house money, they've been really good. Uh, you, know, you know, Griffin and Bayheim are, are really good and Gary A up front as well. So this, this is going to be an interesting game. I think if San Diego State wins this, I think really either team wins it. They're going to be in an interesting position because West Virginia has struggled lately. That is the three seed in this region. And then even down in Houston, as good as they have been, have not been battle tested the way some of these other, you know, high seeds have been. You know, the, the American Conference is not very good. So, you know, there, there's a path to the Elite Eight, you know, for, for either of these teams if they can get out of this first round matchup. The two things you mentioned, both Houston and San Diego State there, and I think I'm glad when you mixed those because it's almost reputations with those two schools. If there was a tournament in 2020, San Diego State had an opportunity to win the national championship. There's players on that roster that are back that say, we got robbed last year. We could have hung with Dayton. We could have hung with Gonzaga. The Aztecs could have won it all last season. Houston's in a similar spot because it was just a few years ago that Houston plays against Michigan in the NCAA tournament, and Michigan hits a buzzer beater to win that game, one of the most ridiculous shots. Houston was poised to go very far if that buzzer beater doesn't go in. It's a battle for reputation for those schools uh, I like my orange, of course. I'm taking them. I think San Diego State is going to be a great game, though, on a Friday night. And Houston is in a nice spot there. But uh, I'm going to bring back us onto the screen now. Let's talk about the Final Four. Who do you have in the Final Four? Who do you like in the final semifinal matchups? 
in those. All right, go through your final four with me. There, look, the shoulder hair is back on the visual side. Beautiful, beautiful. So I've got Gonzaga, again, making it out of the West Regional. They would be showing down, showing off. That's not a word. It's they, a shoulder they, pair that's distracting you. Don't there worry. There will be a showdown. <laughs> there will be a showdown with, in my opinion, I think Alabama gets out of the East. I think, you know, we saw it in upstate New York with Nate Oates and what he did at Buffalo. It, it, it is times 10 at, at Alabama with the talent, the athleticism. They play incredibly hard. They're fun to watch. I think Alabama and Gonzaga uh, do it. But if you're looking for, you know, a region again for that, you know, seven seed to get, get through, like I said, I think, you know, UConn, who has played terrific basketball when James Booknight's healthy, or St. Bonaventure could be the sleeper here to, to make it to an Elite Eight or even a Final Four. Then in the South, I have Ohio State getting by Baylor in a tight game. But Ohio State's played the Big Ten tournament last week, and Indianapolis really sold me. And then Illinois coming out of the Midwest after some really tough games. I mean, the road for them to have to beat Loyola Chicago, potentially, then Oklahoma State, then Houston would not be easy. But this team is tough and together, and that matters big time in March. So uh, Gonzaga, Alabama, Ohio State, and Illinois, my final four. And then to recap your Cinderella's, you had St. Bonaventure shocking Michigan to advance to the Sweet 16. You had San Diego State going to the Elite Eight? Uh, Sweet 16. Sweet 16. 16. And then you had Winthrop in an upset, Ohio in an upset, Georgetown in an upset. Yeah, that's that's the general flow. Yep, and I've got a couple others I'm kind of cooking on, but for now, this is where we're at. All right, my upsets, I have Georgetown as well, shocking that 12-5 game. I like Drake if they can get by Wichita State. I like them to the Sweet 16. That is my Cinderella team. You mentioned leading scorers coming back. I think Kansas had some COVID issues as well. I don't like the Jayhawks in that spot right there. Uh, Bill Self has had a history of actually choking in March, so I like Drake. I like Georgetown are my two upsets right now. I like Syracuse as an 11. I'm trying to find another, but nothing's really jumping out to me. Um, And then... Florida State, I initially had coming out of a Final Four. I don't like it anymore. I have Florida State losing to Alabama. So I've got Gonzaga. I flopped and took Bama and Florida State. You scared me off because of Vegas. I like Bama's matchups better. I'm taking the team that was the best team in the SEC. So give me Gonzaga, Baylor, Alabama, and then Illinois as my teams. A little chalky at the end, but those are the four teams I feel like are the best. Then in the national championship game, I like Gonzaga's matchup against Bama. Give me Gonzaga. And then I have Illinois playing Gonzaga, which has been very predictable to this. I'm going to give you a stat, Kevin, that no one may care about or may jinx some people before I give my national champion pick. I've been doing brackets since 97, that Miles Simon Arizona team. Somehow in my mind, I've always remembered my national champion. Maybe it was my dad's pool. Maybe it wasn't, but I always had a team. Since 1997, Goss has only got the national champion right three times. 99, UConn, 2009, North Carolina, and 2012, Kentucky. Gonzaga and Illinois in the championship. One of my best brackets I ever did was in 2005. Let's hypothetically say in 2005 that Salve High School did a bracket. And let's hypothetically say that maybe it was between me and a guy named Nick Guanchel. Shout out to Guanch, man. I know he supports me. I see you out there, Guanch. Love all the support, man. You're a good dude. Let's just say maybe it was him, though. And he had Carolina and I had Illinois. And if Illinois won, I would have hypothetically won a Salve High School bracket in 05. This time, I'm not getting it wrong. It's Gonzaga over Illinois, and I win my bracket. Drake is my pick to help me go deep. That's my separator. Give me the Bulldogs to finish off an undefeated championship because there's just flat out the best team. Balanced. Suggs, Mark Few, this is it. They finally get it done. Yep, I agree with you. I have Gonzaga in Illinois in the title. I have Gonzaga winning it all. Uh, I will say, 
know, two, so, so, so the last two NCAA tournaments, I was all in on Virginia in the preseason. I was right. They were great. And then they lost to UMBC. I had stuck with them. I had said they were going to win it all. They didn't. And then the next year I said, you know what? I got to stick with, stick with my guys, stick with Virginia. And they did win it all. So I'm one for my last two, if that makes you feel any better. Listen it, to my feelings here. It does. It does make me feel better. Kevin, enjoy the tournament. Make sure to follow him on Twitter again at CBB underscore central. Check out his website as well. CBBcentral.com. Follow this guy. He's got a great career already. Even better things in the future. I appreciate you taking the time. We will talk again soon. You cannot win a t-shirt because you were a guest. Go on the store like everybody else and buy your t-shirts. Try to win it. Guys after dark. I want to see those 1201 comments coming into my email and on YouTube. Leave a comment below. Subscribe. Everything else. I'll catch you later, Kevin. Love it.